up, comic book fans? Pete here from Comic Books Transformed, where we talk about all the adaptations of your favorite comic books into movies and TV shows. Today, we're not talking about a comic book at all, though. We are talking about The Peripheral, Episode 7. Uh, I'm with my co-host on my other channel, The Lastercast, Dr. Zayas G.O.D., Danny Torcal. Danny, ready to talk Peripheral? I am. Uh, watched it this morning, and this is, I believe, the penultimate episode of the season, and... Uh, I would say this is one of the better episodes of the season, too. Um, you know, we've both been kind of wishy-washy on this show. I think we really like uh, ideas. Mm -hmm. I think we really like the acting involved. I think it's more about the pacing that uh, we've had an issue with and maybe a few too many characters and side plots. But I think they kind of got that right in this episode. I, I kind of like the way they jumped between uh, timelines uh, and between character beats. There, th This was an episode where I felt like everything that was on screen was actually interesting. I, You know what, Danny? I, I couldn't agree more. I, I kept thinking to myself, oh, man, we're going to totally contradict everything we said last week. You know? Like, I knew you were kind of going to like this episode more than like what we've been seeing for like at least two weeks there definitely was a lot more action in this one and there was how do i put this like in in many sci-fi shows there's sort of like just generic stuff you expect you know there's action and there's certain things that they're going to talk about but what differentiates certain shows is that some can kind of push the envelope or do disturbing things or do creative things that you haven't seen and um, this show, had, this episode had quite a few disturbing things in it, don't you think? Yeah, um, I really liked, uh, I mean, there, there were several scenes that I really enjoyed in this one. You have the hospital scene yep. uh, with the uh, Irish serial killer who's there to basically kidnap the mother and to get the kids there so he could kill them. Right. You have the scene where uh, Tommy, the, the cop, actually, uh, I don't want to use the phrase man's up, you know, like, man, you know, to man up, but like he had like a great, like this is the first time where I felt like he developed as a character, mm -hmm. uh, aside from just being like that doe-eyed like cop who, you know, weird things are happening to him. Uh, right. I, really, I, I really liked his whole storyline in this episode. Uh, I and I really liked what was going on in the future too. Mm -hmm. um, I, I thought the scene where uh, Cooper, no Connor, Connor wow. and Burton are basically they they create this eight story like obstacle course for them, where it's like you're gonna just go and fight uh, peripherals in this you know to train for being mm -hmm. in the future, and Connor's. The, his reaction to this episode is one of my favorites where he, he wakes up at the end and he's like, I'm going to marry that robot. <laughs> I I was like, I'm really enjoying this stuff. And I love the detective, like yeah. the, the cop in the future. I love her and I love the interaction that she has with Sharice at the end. So I feel like it's it's tying itself together. It's bringing all of the, the pieces together. And I think the finale could be something really good next week. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, one thing I wanted to fix was that I said that the book is part of a duology. I said it was like the jackpot duology. It's actually a trilogy, and I don't think the third book is out yet. 
but uh, it, it's called like the jackpot trilogy is um this this is a book from that series and uh you know written by william gibson i i mean i felt like there had to be more to this for them to pick this particular book because there are so many william gibson books they could have done you know neuromancer or any one of his other books and they picked this one so i i think that um jonathan nolan who's uh christopher nolan's brother who's you know one of the showrunners i think that he probably picked this because of the time travel aspect of it which i think is like a nolan thing i think they really like the idea of like messing around with time and you're thinking something takes place in here and it's really taking place here that's a big thing for them um but i think that what hooks you and i to shows whether podcasts horror shows or this are the characters and I think that Connor is probably the standout character for this show. Like we might reference him in the future, even if there's never a second season for this. Mm-hmm. Then you have this detective Ainsley who comes in last episode. And you were saying last time that you want to see more of detective Ainsley and you wanted to see her interactions with um, Beatrice, who's that robot that uh, Connor And then Beatrice with. in this episode has like a whole side story that i was totally digging and i'm like yeah and and there's a scene at the end where uh ainsley asks her well which one of the two of them do you think did better and she's like well burton but i think i like connor more and i have no robotic reason for it and i'm like oh (laughs) yeah and I just, I, I love like the subtle glances between her and Connor. I thought it was so funny. And I just love the concept of this triple paraplegic who, you know, has a chance to get his body back, albeit knowingly that it's effectively not real. Like it right. is, it is, but it isn't. And he's totally cool with it. And I just love that aspect of his character. Yeah, he's, he makes a joke. He's like, I'm paying rent here full time or something like that. He says that when he has his peripheral body. You know, there is this distinction between the peripherals and then just straight up robots. I believe they call them coids in this episode. And, um, you know, uh, Beatrice is one of them. And at the end of the episode, Beatrice and Ainsley meet with Sharice. Like, Sharice comes to them. And uh, it seems like Sharice maybe did something to manipulate be- manipulate Beatrice. Like maybe she like plugged something into her. Um, so maybe that Sharice will be able to like spy on what's going on with the Met, which is the name of the police people. Now, there was a lot of interesting stuff that we learned from Detective Ainsley and the Met, like the police. Like I've said multiple times, there's like essentially like three factions there's the Klept, which is like the criminals, and that's the guy Lev. Then there is uh, the Research Institute. That's where Sharice is from. And now we have the Met, too. And um, we find out that the Met is able to do enough research into these different timelines to see how they've been affected. And so we have this scene where Detective Ainsley is sitting down with Flynn, and they're discussing how the timelines have changed. And Flynn's asking her questions. She's asking Flynn questions. We learn that because of the meddling of the research institute, uh, the, Flynn's timeline has gotten totally altered. And in the original timeline, um, her brother would have died fighting in a war that was part of the jackpot. And also in the original timeline, her brother didn't have the haptics. 
And also in that original timeline, Flynn would get married to Tommy Constantine. Too. Yeah. So, so we're seeing how things change. And one important uh, moment in that scene is that Ainsley asks Flynn a question, knowing everything I just told you, would you change things? And Flynn kind of looks at uh, Wilfred at that point, Wolf at that point, and she says that she wouldn't change things. So it seems like in the beginning of the show, she had this thing for Tommy, but now she's getting attached to Wilfred. Yeah. And um, it also seems like she is, she wants this knowledge from the future. She feels like it empowers her. So um, it's a really interesting sequence. One last thing from that sequence too, is that Ainsley says, um, if I could sever the connection between the timelines, you know, would you let me do that? That's that's basically how she sets up that question. Yeah. So it, it is implying that like you could maybe cut the future off from Flynn's timeline too. Yeah, so we'll and see. I mean, I'm sure, that, you know, the one glaring thing that you know, again, what was it? Two episodes ago, I was like very excited because we we got into uh, Alita and we kind of introduced this concept of the God font and what the really the whole show was about and what uh, the whole reason that Sharice's research institute is sending these, you know, assassins back in time to kill uh, Flynn and Burton, you know, really for, they're trying to kill them because they may have some knowledge. They, we're not even really sure what they even know. And like, it's been two episodes since, and we haven't really seen any advancement about Alita. And, but like that whole ending sequence made me think like, okay, they, they've got to be building up to something, you know, when we're talking about, you know, they mentioned how the jackpot is actually moving up. Mm -hmm. in, so that like all of the actions that they're doing are impacting the timeline and, it's going to cause this like doomsday uh, trigger to go off earlier. Right. So like, are they going to get to whatever Alita has with the God font? And it, is that going to like control something in, in time that, you know, allows us to either prevent the jackpot from happening or speed it up even further. It, like I said, like I, last week I, I was kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm, this show's just not doing it for me. Now I'm like, okay, now I can't really wait to see what happens in the finale. So, yeah. Um, I do feel like the finale, though, is going to be a breaking point in the sense that, like, if I want to come back for season two, they're going to have to give me something big here. Yeah. Because I'm about 50 50 on the show overall through seven episodes. Yeah. Well, you know what helps us determine if we should come back is responses from you guys. So, like, if you guys like us talking about the peripheral, you can tell us in the comments, too, and you can actually subscribe, too, because that would really help. We, we knew we were doing something right when we were covering Raised by Wolves, uh, and we got a big response for that. This show kind of started out strong, and it started to peter out a little bit. Uh, what I was going to say was I wanted to bring up Raised by Wolves because one last thing about Beatrice. When Sharice meets with detective ainsley she says this thing about how people make their coids look like dead loved ones and then detective ainsley's like oh just turn yourself off beatrice and erase what you just heard for the last five minutes um didn't that make you think of real from raised by wolves yeah 
I even uh, feel like Beatrice actually kind of even looks like Vril. The same bit. hair, right? Right. It's right. The same hairstyle. Yeah. yeah uh, that was one of the great moments in Raised by Wolves, especially when her face gets like, I mean, that's one of the lasting horrific images. I know we're talking about a sci-fi show, but that was freaking terrifying. Yes. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd like, I, I still would like to see Raised by Wolves give, be given another chance to get a second season, but oh, yeah, wow. so many things are being canceled uh, on all platforms. So I feel like anything canceled is just gone now. <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. Um, but you know what? We've talked about how we didn't know what neoprims were. And I did find out a little bit from like reading a couple of reviews. But neoprims basically want to get rid of technology. Now, I'm not sure if they are trying to get rid of technology like in the stub, like in the past. So like or... new primitives? I think that is what it stands for. Yes. Yeah. So I don't know if that means like in the future London time, they're trying to get rid of technology or in the past. Maybe it's both. But Alita is a neoprim. Mm. So. Yeah. So maybe she's trying to like fix the timeline so that obviously the jackpot doesn't happen and, you know, the research institute doesn't come to power and, you know, maybe peripherals never exist and, you know, things of that nature. Because yeah. the more you see about the future, the more we see that none of it is really what it seems. They like, they alter uh, what we're seeing, they add people into the background to make it look like a crowded city. They add skyscapes to make it look like they've rebuilt. Yeah. When in reality, it does look like when Morpheus shows Neo what the world looks like right. in the Matrix. Right. Like, oh yeah, like they, uh, and that's when they scorch the sky. You know, right. that's that's what it kind of looks like. Yeah. So. Yeah, maybe that is like Alita's end goal is to, you know, prevent any of this future from happening. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and then, and, 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 you know, there is a large contingent of people today who would probably like to go back to a neoprim world where, you know, kids wouldn't be obsessed with devices and we wouldn't all be hooked on to technology. Uh, I mean, we're all guilty of it, but, you know, you know, it's just, there's a lot of people who the world, you know, they remember a world that was a lot easier and a lot better uh, before everyone was plugged in. Yeah. Yeah. Very good point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that information on how to maybe shut all this down, we know that that information has gotten passed down to Flynn because um, I always forget their damn names, but like the Asian woman with the Irish accent and the other guy, his name's like Osiris or something. Those two guys, um, they have a scene and we always talk about how boring they are or how we don't care about that stuff with them and Lev. But this actual scene I thought was kind of interesting to say the least. Like basically they're talking, I don't know if they're speaking in Gaelic or if they're doing some kind of weird coded speak, but they're saying, they're saying things in a really weird language and they basically are saying they're going to betray Lev and they're going to get this information that Flynn has, which has been collecting in her mind. It like essentially got downloaded into her brain, right? Um, and so that, that's why they keep talking about this bacteria that's in Flynn's brain. And so she has something downloaded from Alita after Alita saw the God font, right? And so I think they were talking about they were going to sell that information to the highest bidder. And what happens is Lev confronts them 
and he's got his son with him, right? And he tells the son, go get a knife. And the son's like, which one? He's like, any, any knife will do. And then the son comes back with a knife. And he's like, can I watch? And it's like really kind of chilling. That's kind of like horror movie stuff right there. And basically Lev, you know, knows they're going to betray him, but he still has them work for him. Uh, and he just, all he does is ends up cutting that one guy's face, but that's it. But I thought that was actually a pretty tense scene. Do you remember that? Yeah, no, I thought that was really good. Uh, and it, it gives, like you said, it gives characters that I didn't really care about the development that I needed to care about them a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I also, um, I brought it up at the beginning. I, I loved, uh, the scene in the hospital, um, with the Irish guy, the Irish, uh, assassin, wow. Bob, uh, who's played by, you know, I think I mentioned last time, just an awful character from Outlander, yeah. uh, awful, awful in like, a like he's a awful human being on the show, like very good actor though. Yeah. And, uh, I just, uh, so, oh, that was the other thing that I found interesting. So the mom who they sent a cure from the future to cure her blindness, right. she starts going blind again. Right. So she has one of Burton's guys take her to the, the like the, the doctor's office uh, where Tommy's wife is the doctor. And that story is going on where Burton and Flynn are on their way to rescue the mom. And at the same time, uh, Tommy, the name of this episode was The Doodad. Yes, 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 yes. And very cleverly, uh, Tommy finds his car, which was wrecked by the invisible uh, SUV. Right. And he finds the gun and the doodad, that like pulse gun from the future. Right. And he uses it uh, on the sheriff and... Um, Oh, what's the other guy's name? The rich oil tycoon guy. Oh, uh, shit. Oh, damn it. I had his name. Yeah, uh, I'll look him up real quick. But go uh, ahead. Yeah, but he uses it on them after they effectively try to get him to, like, join them in a cover-up. And so it really does, like, all the characters that I was kind of really bored with. Yeah. Uh, they really got some redemption in this episode. Like, Tommy was badass. Right. Um, you know, they finally kill off the the Irish assassin, uh, but in a in a kick ass action sequence. Right. Right. Uh, all the people in the future who we kind of agreed, like, oh man, there's a few too many of these characters. They had like some really interesting scenes. Uh, so yeah, I I'm really enjoying uh, where this is leading up to. I hope the finale is is very good. Yeah. Corbell Pickett is the Corbell one that gets Pickett, the sonic yeah. gun blasted him back out the window. That was a great sequence. And I really liked that they saw that the one guy who was part of their haptics team, you know, he got killed, right, obviously by Bob. He was stabbed in a very brutal way. That was really disturbing when he was getting stabbed in the hospital. They, like, saw that his vitals were off. And then they essentially, like, hacked into his haptics so that they could look through his eyes and see where that Irish guy was. And they had sort of ethical issues of like hacking into his dead body, but you know, Burton wasn't having that. And so then Burton like shoots through the wall to get the well, Irish guy. He was guy. also, in order to figure out who it was, they, they were able to, by hacking into his, the dead guy's haptics, they were able to make the body jolt. 
Yeah. So the guy thought, oh, he's not dead. Let me get up to shoot him. And that's how they identified which of the three was the killer. And yeah, great scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. I mean, so it sounds like we're both on board for the peripheral. Um, if you guys are watching this, this is Monday morning after Thanksgiving. If you like listening to me and Danny talk, you can also go over to our other channel, The Laster Cast, where uh, we are actually talking about the show Quiet Part Loud. And that is actually getting released on Monday morning, too. But Danny and I will be back here next weekend to cover the season finale of The Peripheral. But like I said, let us know what you think. Did you guys like this show? We really want to know if there are fans of The Peripheral. So uh, next time, we'll see you guys for episode eight.